Mike, how have you been? Pretty good. We should probably do a podcast with like the picture because our hair, both of our hair today is just out of control. So I'm, uh, and I, I did actually like... go to the hairdresser after it reopened uh, uh, after God knows how many months. Um, but yeah, they, they seem a bit rusty, the hairdressers as well. <laughs> a bit out of shape. Yes, the, the shears are not as sharp. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike Stanford <laughs> University, man. Here, Stanford wins NCAA right. women's basketball title for first time in 29 years. That's right. Wait, so you actually knew about this? Because I, I was I was about to surprise you with this, my, my sporting friend. So you, that you <laughs> no. care about. You don't care about the Eagles. No, no. So if I... Jesus. No, I don't care. But I know these people. Like, I know some of those Oh, students. wow. Even more amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so there, yeah, there's there's some wonderful folks um, that took the Stat 60, the entry level class that I taught a couple okay, years ago. Okay, that's that's pretty special. Yeah. And judging from the photo, yeah. there were even people in the gymnasium. There were even people in attendance there. Yeah. So, <laughs> for me, uh, it seems like this is eerily normal, <laughs> eerily normal picture there. Yeah. How's the situation over where you are? Yeah, you're, 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 so the rates here are looking pretty good, but they just identified a new variant in the Bay Area, like where I am. Um, so that's a little nerve-wracking. And there's some indications that it might be sort of worse for children. Oh, really? Oh, jeez. Basically, I, I, not to jump like right into that, but like part of the reason you want to vaccinate and get like control of this you know, disorder is that like, we, need, we need to stop the variants from you know evolving and stuff so like the, the faster we can get out of control the less time it has to adapt and get out of our control so it's just like we need to do this guys we're ready to get together all right yeah so you're listening to the americanist your number one resource on the coronavirus in the states and in <clears throat> germany this episode is sponsored by Liden chen booze making um our yes. dear friend from california has once again sent over some booze money which i Nah. promptly invested in Yamazaki's single malt Japanese whiskey. That we basically invested, mall. or Lyddon, you invested in the oldest distillery in Japan uh, from the house of Suntory whiskey, which of course we know from the movie Lost in Translation. For good yeah. times, make That's it Suntory wow, times. Yeah. And, and then I got go. a, uh, Allagash White from Maine. <sighs> Delicious beverage. 43%. Mike, I think you can have also a sip. I know it's Monday morning where you are. <laughs> but I think it's fine. Yes. But That's probably fine. fine. It's not to like toasting Stanford women's basketball. That's right. Excellent. Yeah. To them. Yeah, so what's new, man? What's yeah. what's happened since the last episode over where you are? Yeah, so some big news for me is I got my first vaccination shot. Against measles or uh, which one? <laughs> oh, you're right. I really probably should get that Hep too. Happy. <laughs> I uh, I wonder what I have injected in myself. <laughs> I did like look that up. Did you look at the vial before or not at all? <laughs> yes, I do. I do know that I got Pfizer. You so. got Pfizer. Okay, yeah. that's that's good. I think they they're also producing a Corona vaccine, so maybe you got that one. I was so delighted to actually find a vaccine. It was actually a real struggle here. Okay. Uh, they've got in the Bay Area, which is like like three million, four million people in this sort of like geographic mm -hmm. area. They've got I don't know a dozen major centers where they're doing the vaccine. Mm -hmm. Could not find a vaccine for the longest time. Like 
uh, even though I was eligible. So how did yeah. you solve the problem? I started like you can look outside of your region. Mm-hmm. So I heard news reports that if you started looking in sort of red counties and sort of places that voted Republican mm-hmm. this last election, that you tend to find and bingo, <laughs> like uh, two major counties. There was no waiting. I could basically get a vaccine like ah, later that week. How, how very uh, lucky that in those counties uh, the pandemic has basically been called off already a year ago. So that's, that's right. pretty cool. They canceled it. That reminds me of the uh, story that my um, my friend Kara from Philadelphia told me pretty much exactly like a year ago, I would I would say, um, when mm. the, the first sort of hoarding in supermarkets took place and uh, she couldn't find toilet paper anywhere near her. Um, yeah. And then she decided also to drive a little bit further out with a bit more reddish, sort of like the the hoax, the Corona yeah. hoax uh, yes. constituents yes. were living. And guess what? Yeah. Supermarkets were full. So it is so weird, right? I mean, like that politics are wrapped up in this in parallel universe. It's, yeah, it's, and it's it's sort of. I mean, you're right. Like it's it's. Uh, I mean, my friends were you know everybody who's eligible for it were like trying hard to find a place to get it and you know i ended up having to drive like two Mm. hours um, in order to get Mm. my vaccine two hours there two hours back and like you know folks who are in that county just don't care not interested and so it's like we're diverging on how we're going to take care of ourselves like the the risks associated with it that kind of stuff it's Mm. wild Mm. man so you got your first shot. So let's, let me congratulate on that. Uh, I'm not envious yeah. at all. I'm very, very happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> My target is September, I think. <laughs> so but, so uh, but tell me a little bit more. Uh, let's, let's get serious yeah. for a second here. Uh, and I, I really, I, I'm really happy for you that, you that you did get your, your shot. Uh, um, and... So how was that moment for you? I mean, we've been talking a lot about it. Uh, Also, you coming from the science perspective, you being very close to also this whole development process, um, just because you're in the science community. Um, How how was that moment for you getting vaccinated? I mean, like, when I got there, this is a big facility that they've taken over. I I didn't even know. It must have been like a big gym or something like that. And um, I was walking in and I actually got kind of like misty-eyed. Like, it was really kind of, hmm. I don't know, overwhelming, pretty amazing. Like, here are all these people being super professional, all these medical folks being super professional. And, hmm. like, it just, it it caused chills, you know, for me. I was just like, I can't believe humans are doing this, hmm. right? Like, if this, vi- like, this virus 100 years hmm. ago would have wiped out millions and millions hmm. of people. And we would have been terrified. Hmm. And, and, like, this was bad. What we experienced just now was bad. But like here we are like, in that moment i was seeing like human thoughtfulness like working together mm. but uh you know and all the stuff about like the politics that we just talked about is important we need to figure that stuff out but here was a huge win mm. and it just like it really hit me and also like in that moment i was like hey, i'm gonna be free i'm gonna be able to like hang out with people like not worry and like you know not wash my hands all the time <laughs> that's what we've been doing two years ago <laughs> see I, I knew there was something back there yeah there's there's a big missing Being free hanging out with people ah, okay i should I, let, let me note this down for a second and then, uh, okay you got your shot um was it sort of well organized and stuff or 
Yeah, it's very well organized. They have you, um, you know, so you get your shot. They tell they tell you about it, tell you what to be cautious mm-hmm. about, like sort of monitoring yourself for the next couple of days, what to anticipate. And then um, they had us sit there for, they checked out if you had ever had any um, allergies. Mm-hmm. And then they had us sit in two different sections. If you had any uh, previous mm-hmm. allergies, they'd keep you around for 30 minutes for observation. And if you've never had um, allergies reported, mm-hmm. then 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so I just And, it, and then if you're from Maine, you get the third column. Yeah. But, that's right. <laughs> That's right. They let you hang out with the moose and the lobsters. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose you did monitor yourself, uh, being the thorough citizen that you yeah. are. Uh, yeah, that's right. And I measured all the things and monitored the time and series. Any changes yeah. since then? Yeah, no. I mean, like... What? Nothing? <laughs> do, do you try flying or something? No, nothing? No? I get Wi-Fi now in my yeah. head from all the computer chips that are inside of the... <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I got what, it, you know, to be serious, like, I got like a little bit of soreness mm-hmm. on, in my deltoid where they injected it, but I've had that before for every, you know, most of the vaccines that I've had. Um, and that, that lasted for about 24 hours. A little bit sore in the adult part? No, where? The adult part? No, no, that is not what I said. The deltoid. Uh, delt or deltoid? Uh, deltoid. It's the, okay. the, the shoulder muscle. It's the outside shoulder muscle. The adultoid was a bit sore. <laughs> very That's well yeah, i hear the second mm. one um is a doozy okay. so i've actually like booked a couple days afterwards just to be like this is mike time <laughs> like after i get my second vaccine it's just my just mike time for some mike. real soreness <laughs> yeah that's right. awesome uh, all right yeah so uh, i don't know if you heard we are kind of so i mean i mentioned this i, I think a couple times in the last weeks uh, we're not the fastest here uh, in the eu actually mm. now the the world health organization has called us inexcusable um Wonderful to live in one of the most developed regions in the world and uh, have our vaccination speed be called inexcusable. Um, And on top of all of that, um, now we have seen a complete reversal of um, one of the uh, vaccines um, that we've also talked quite a lot about, the AstraZeneca um, Oxford uh, vaccine. um, That's originally um, was only recommended or only approved for in Germany for people under 60 or 65 years. Um, yeah. Then everything was reversed by now. <laughs> it is only basically recommended for people above 60 year old. Yeah. yeah, the UK has basically vaccinated half the population more or less with it. Yes. Um, so help me out with this one my scientist friend yeah this one's tough it's it's tough to know exactly what's going on um we talked about this a couple times but basically as far as i can tell the astrazeneca communications team is a bunch of cocaine ferrets (laughs) like they're just out of control (laughs) like i have no idea who's in charge nobody's in charge there except for are we allowed to say this mike are we are we going to be in trouble Uh, i mean like i am i i do not have any knowledge this is i heard someone else say it one time all right (laughs) I mean, like their communications have been garbage, like over and over and again. And I and this goes back to one of my main points is that like some of this is biological, but a lot of vaccination is human trust mm. and policy and that kind of stuff. And they've repeatedly squandered mm. it. And once you start squandering your trust, it just spirals. Mm. And so, you know, uh, I think people are correct uh, to so the policymakers are worried that they're going to lose a lot of trust and uh in vaccination programs if they don't yeah. treat astrazeneca like well yeah. let me tell you they've lost all the trust probably in the german population by now and i'm i mean it's probably good for 
for people from the lower age groups like myself because in the second quarter um, I don't I don't have the exact number but I think millions of doses from AstraZeneca are going to be delivered into the EU um, yeah. Yeah. and so my guess is from I don't know at any time between two and eight weeks from now I'm pretty much going to be lured into getting an AstraZeneca shot with whatever three happy meals yep. and, and a couple of diet cokes on top <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be happy to take it, to be honest. I mean... Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, I would. There were, there were a few dozen cases of yeah, a deadly side effect, a deadly thrombosis. Right. Um, and I actually pulled this up from an interview with uh, the head of one of the uh, 10 million German authorities on vaccination. Um, and he was saying, um, in terms of how many cases are we talking about, um, if we would vaccinate 50% of the group that is now excluded from the AstraZeneca vaccine, vaccine which is the group, yeah. the age group, roughly 18 to 59 years old, there would be a rough total of 150 to 210 fatal cases. Yeah. Which, I mean, right. I don't know exactly how big that group would be. Um, tens of millions, my guess. Right. How much would the virus kill in that time uh, for these people? Uh, right. I I mean, that's the hard part is like people aren't great at trade-offs mm. here. Mm. Um, like there's a real do no harm that overwhelms people. Mm. Like if you were to tell me to get the, put this inside of my body and then I get mm. hurt, like people feel a lot more responsibility. Mm. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like right now the numbers don't look like they're worse mm. than the coronavirus at all. Mm. Uh, so uh, from, a, yeah, from that perspective... Mm. It doesn't make sense. So let me mm -hmm. hold off on that mm -hmm. one little bit. Uh, you know, we'll put this in the show notes. There's this amazingly accessible and really important paper that was written in like the 40s or something like that uh, by Bradford Hill, mm -hmm. Sir Bradford Hill. And it's about sort of this kind of situation where a policymaker is trying to like decide like, should we shut down this coal plant or should we be like this smelting, this like, you know, uh, you know, the harsh chemicals, should we stop mm -hmm. this? And uh, Bradford Hill sort of talked through how policymakers should think about it. And it's a really, it's a accessible paper. It's probably useful for people to like check out if you're really sort of thinking about how the policymakers, because like what's, what's happening here is like, we're super contingent. We're starting to see patterns that look not great, mm -hmm. but like you have to worry about convincing mm -hmm. people to change their mm -hmm. behaviors. You mm -hmm. have to like, so he works through those dynamics and he gives you some like mm -hmm. back of the envelope, like ways to think about making a decision like this so we'll put that in the show mm -hmm. notes it's a it's a nice mm -hmm. paper it's very easy mm -hmm. to read mm -hmm. um, but it looks like with astrazeneca mm -hmm. uh on the purely the science side of things like overall the numbers don't look bad uh in terms of what's you know like the kinds of uh negative outcomes that we're seeing but here's like the small like if you dig into it is it looks like maybe there are some what's known as like batch effects so it's not like like the vaccine is coming from one one plant mm -hmm. or something like that. It's actually being produced in several different places, five, six, mm -hmm. seven different mm -hmm. places producing it. There are different people mm -hmm. doing it, right? Like, and our machines are really good at like controlling stuff, but like sometimes there's variation. Mm -hmm. It kind of looks like maybe one center um, is not mm -hmm. producing it in the same exact way. I mean, it, it, the the numbers that are bad seem to be coming in such a way that like it might be one of one or two of these mm -hmm. centers, and that's what they're kind of worried about. It could also be the vaccine itself, mm -hmm. but it probably 
you know, my current, if I had mm. to guess, it would probably be the production mm. of it and the things surrounding the vaccine rather than the vaccine mm. directly itself. But it's hard to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so let's compare it to here in the United yeah. States. This is, I think, like a, a big difference in some of our thinking um, is in the United States, like I, I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan of capitalism. Like there's a lot of things that are like pretty amazing about it. But like here's one of its wins is we essentially produced like i think there was like seven or eight vaccines that were being generated mm -hmm. and one of our big ones failed mm -hmm. merck merck was is gargantuan mm -hmm. and should have mm -hmm. produced a really high quality one and it didn't mm -hmm. um and so it disappeared i mean nobody's talking mm -hmm. about merck nobody cares about mm -hmm. merck but we had like you know three yeah. others really succeed and i think a fourth mm -hmm. one right and um, you've invested in the production capacities last year right this was still under the Trump right. administration that's right that's right. And that's what the EU, for example, hasn't done, right? Right. And it's also the infrastructure that existed for a long mm. period of time, like under other conditions and like, mm. uh, for better or worse, Puerto Rico, one of our protectorates, like it, it has turned into a major production hub uh, for a number of different economic reasons. And so we have a bunch of capacity there, but that's like sort of complicated, whatever. Like we've been building out our capacity to do this kind of stuff for a very long time and it's not easy to mm. ramp up. But that was one of the things, I don't know if you if you go back to one of our early podcasts, that was one of the things I was really mm. excited about with the AstraZeneca mm. is those folks at Oxford mm. had been thinking about this mm. for a long time. So basically way oversimplified is like sort of an eggs in one basket collective action is maybe like not was not the best strategy here like the eu was kind of banking much more on astrazeneca than i think people realized and you know the united states doesn't do that like for better or worse we don't coordinate our efforts very well um so but like but that that does mean we got a couple different versions of the vaccine some of them didn't work mm. and those disappear yeah but in, the, in um, this whole you know. matter uh, also now in the rollout um you seem to have taken a decidedly unbureaucratic approach um i mean i don't know how many sort of paperwork you had to fill out uh, while you were doing this um and how, how many lines you had to wait in uh essentially none <laughs> what what i find interesting also um, and I was hinting at, you know, your, your measles shot that you probably got as a, as a small child. Uh, I mean, of course, no one of us would ever know who the manufacturer of a measles shot was, right? Right. Because right. it's just been around for so long. I think this, right. you know, there has come such a spotlight with this great development that you spoke about, that this amazing scientific achievement over the last year, yeah. that... I think there is this tendency of over-information, actually. Mm -hmm. So yeah, what, I'm, what I mean nice, yeah. by that is I or my wife or anyone around us who doesn't have a scientific background, we cannot judge whether AstraZeneca yeah. is for us the better choice or Pfizer. Right. Yet they're actually giving us that choice because when we make a date, an appointment for the, for the vaccination, you can select the manufacturer that you want. Yeah. And of course, yeah. if one has a massive reputation problem because the communication department listens too much to JJ Kale cocaine, <laughs> which is, I think, what you meant before with your cocaine illusion, just to make that clear. That is right, that is right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wonderful song, but if you listen to it too much, then it's just your communication skills start eroding. That is right. That's, that's basically the issue. And, and we're just being, you know, being overwhelmed with information and half information and rumors and and we're not doctors 
you know and i think a lot of people make that mistake and that's that also feeds to that trust problem make that mistake of assuming that just by going on facebook or going on any news site even we can have an informed decision on which vaccine is safe and is not safe i think i have no clue i have no clue and so my my uh, standpoint would be if it's approved in germany it's it's safe for me so that's why i also even though i am below six years old i would readily have have an astrazeneca shot yeah and just i'm there with you i mean if i was you know like offered astrazeneca i would definitely take it Mm. um it is tough i mean like you know i'm i'm a trained statistician Mm. like i think a lot about the uncertainty with Mm. data and it's a hard call on these like i I don't know how to interpret everything that's Mm. got all the information that's coming out um it does feel like an unnecessary burden for everybody to be looking at facebook and trying to understand this I think you're right that the protocols that are in place by these major institutions are there to protect us. And when they get to a certain level, they say, yes, you know, this looks safe to us. Let's let's move forward with it. And it feels like that should be where most of the population just says, okay, yeah, I feel comfortable. Uh, I've heard a lot of people go online and talk about doing research. Yeah. And the word does not mean the same thing when you say like you know i am a research at stanford like and yeah go to the lab please to do research exactly i mean like you know it's i i'm not trying to pull academic credentials here but i am saying that like the amount of time and ambiguity and training that goes into this kind of stuff it's like you know i would not go up against uh lebron james because i played basketball right like you know that is a you know it's a professional who's been doing this for a long time And and it's super hard because um let me let me let me back off that analogy because like someone's about to inject you with something it does feel really like you need trust and i and i don't want to uh, yeah no but it's, i mean i would even spin that a bit further it's it's basically like if you've played you know nba basketball um on the playstation uh, for a while and then you right. think you're you're good enough to to go go one-on-one against an nba great you know in real life right that's kind of the analogy here right that's because, right yeah that's right and I think this is really worrying. And we know about the disinformation campaigns that have been running, yes. um, that have basically made Trump president, um, that have given rise also to a far-right party here who is polling around 10%, who is sitting in the parliament since the last election. Yeah. And we have general elections coming up in September. And I see people putting the pandemic in quotation marks. Uh, so it's... Yeah, basically, um, what are we talking about here? I mean, this is, this is all a hoax yeah. now as well, like climate change. And I think that this is really a, a very worrying, uh, and I think the most worrying trend of our time um, is yeah. this battle for the truth and for science. And um, yeah. the leading virologist in Germany just went on to his podcast uh, that is listened to by uh, millions of people just last week um, and talked about disinformation and pseudoscience and the way he's okay. being attacked. Um, and yeah, just like where you are coming from, you know, he is in the lab with his team. Um, and, you know, science is also always giving the uh, s- status according to the facts or data that you have right now. This might change in a week from now. Um, That's a good point. But then, of yeah. course, all the deniers will go like yeah but you said something else the other day he's like no no but that's how science works you know like right. you can only be exactly. as smart as the data that you have right yeah 
it is tough because you know very small aside here is in school when we're teaching people early science like that's settled mm -hmm. science and so there are facts mm -hmm. that we basically mm -hmm. all agree on you know uh, number of planets you know number you know number of atoms or you know whatever we and we teach these facts but those things still change mm -hmm. right and and i think um that uh, holding scientists accountable for the cutting edge science it just doesn't make sense because we're still learning like nobody knows like nobody's ever seen no we haven't had the vaccine long enough to know how it's going to play out a year from now like literally it just hasn't so we're making like you said our best guess yeah. at this moment i want to circle yeah. back like i think it's fascinating this is both i think maybe like three years ago but then also recently um researchers have seen uh russian operations to provoke disagreement based on vaccine uptake and been thinking about this a lot um there's also a really nice book uh, by heidi larson from the london school of hygiene and tropical medicine we'll put it in the mm -hmm. show notes about how these disinformation campaigns are about vaccines but they're also like meant to foster distrust mm -hmm in the government and how we act collectively and like so it's a real it's a really important way of uh driving a wedge like your government can't protect you or you know your neighbor is not doing the right thing so it, it happens from both sides like you know this provocation this is a moment vaccines and that kind of stuff where we have to act collectively or we really get hit hard and i don't know just it's so frustrating that like humans are driving a wedge between each other uh, for something that doesn't have to be like this is just a biological problem that we can we know basically how to solve we know right now if we could roll this vaccine out the logistics aren't super hard if we we, we could eradicate we have powerful enough vaccines we have the technology we could eradicate you know covid19 people would not die from covid19 anymore but there's that's not what's going to happen because there are a lot of human behavioral, you know, decisions that are going to block it. And that's, that's tough, but that's like, this is the collective action of a government or by people agreeing that like, yeah, it's a tough yeah. one. I think part of it is also a failure of, of some of our authorities, um, just to show more leadership. Um, yeah. It's also, yeah, it's definitely also an effect of of all the Mark Zuckerbergs of this world um, who have, yeah. yeah, I don't know, given yeah, the people such a weird and false sense of entitlement and empowerment um, over, yeah, facts or what they perceive as facts. Um, and, you know, it's like this thing when, when you have a, a stomach ache and, you know, you consult Dr. Google, of course. Um, and then three clicks later, it's always cancer, you know, it's, it's, so it's, and that's exactly the, that's the algorithm effect because it always, always yeah. the loudest, always the most bizarre, always, always the most harsh exciting. and exciting. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like blood yeah. boiling fact yeah. or non-facts is where you end up with. That's why when you click yeah. on related videos on YouTube, you always end up at, you know, California skaters punching each other, you know, or, <laughs> At least I do. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, mean, like, I don't want to go there, but so I always end up there. <laughs> so it doesn't happen when I turn on the TV. We're going to have to talk about that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's really, really, really frustrating. I don't know how to, how to roll this back as well, because uh, people just... And I've seen 
people you know put stuff on their facebook page and basically being like uh yeah this is i know this is just going to be another you know facebook post and no one's going to listen to me well yes no one's going to listen to you because you're not dr fauci and you're not uh, christian drosten and you're not a virologist right. and you're nothing you know in the on the science sphere so yes of course no one's yeah. going to listen to you please no one listen to him or her <laughs> yeah yeah i mean like I, so i agree at one level there is something really important about having people who've thought about these yeah. issues a lot and not yeah. just like but where is that filter where is that filter anymore time. exactly yeah and, and i mean like let's i mean uh, let me teach you a little bit about history johannes if you'd like yeah um there's this thing called the printing press that uh, happened uh, yeah it used to work uh, for them is, is it yeah it's still around yeah um yeah i mean like I mean, like this this kind of like explosion of access of information and mm -hmm. who's controlling it. Like we're seeing this, mm -hmm. right? And this is a metaphor. I'm now switching to a metaphor, but like there has to be new types of hygiene, like uh, for how do we put in like uh, checks on what kind of information gets filtered, mm -hmm. like so these kinds of like destructive, corrosive ideas don't spread too much. And like you, know, you that that can be used in the wrong mm -hmm. way. Um, but currently, there is a mess and. People are trying to sift through it and they're trying their best and they're trying to help themselves and each other. If you're going on Facebook and you're posting mm -hmm. this stuff, you're not doing it to be a jerk or hurt people. Mm -hmm. You're actually probably doing it because you're kind of worried. You're trying to help people. You're trying to be a good mm -hmm. person. But it's also like, I mean, I don't try to build bridges. <laughs> like I don't know anything about how to build a mm -hmm. bridge. But if I saw like, hey, there's like some bad stuff going on with bridge construction, I might signal boost it, mm -hmm. right? Like they're... I don't know how to solve. I think I heard I heard Biden uh, wants to build a lot of bridges. Yes, uh, big, oh, big infrastructure project. We actually, I mean, like that makes me so excited. I mean, like we should talk about infrastructure day when it's <laughs> that, that can be a positive <laughs> point at the end. Biden's going to build millions of bridges. Yeah. Oh man. So how big is the how big is the uh, package? Some trillion, something like three trillion. I, I don't even know. I haven't. It, it's a couple trillion. It's at least two. How, how uh, much is that in, uh, oh, in, in Deutsche Mark? <laughs> do you guys still have that <laughs> i have some under my mattress <laughs> just in case <laughs> never know oh man yeah it, it's gargantuan i mean like it it seems not as big as as it is because mm. we've had two major waves mm. of spending during the pandemic mm. but they're talking about some really important investments mm. uh Uh, into infrastructure and energy and, and that kind of stuff. It, oh, man, I, I don't want to get my hopes up. Do, oh. do you think they're going to fix the uh, South Street Bridge in Philly? <laughs> and for those who haven't, yeah. especially haven't walked across it, it's, it's constantly moving. Um, it, it runs over a river and, a, and several highways, I think. Um, yeah, and the right. side of it was basically somehow fixed... Uh, with some metal plates and there yeah. was and, and duct tape yeah and yeah pretty much like that uh, usually a couple of people holding it together at any time so yeah so i don't know if we can still fit that in biden's package but i think the south street bridge in, yeah. in philly um it would be i would be happy the next time i'm over if i don't have to <laughs> and it's it's one of the one of the two bridges i think that that connects the uh, right. west philadelphia to center city so. yeah and if i remember right it's like one of the very first things you told me was that you had biked over it with a big backpack to get the beer right like there was a good distributor that's true because yeah. the um the booth shop was down by the uh, by the riverside down yeah. there yeah 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 and i used to pack a, a 30 pack of um 
uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon in yes. my uh, in my East Pack. I was so impressed that you had done that. I was like, this man loves beer. If he had gone, if he had biked over, I'd clearly just not been in the U.S. long enough because otherwise I would have taken the car. Yeah. So, so let's let's make uh, two promises. Next uh, next time uh, we will talk about anything but the coronavirus. Yeah, I like that because we've talked a lot about it yeah. recently. And I'm kind of getting sick of it. Uh, I mean, I don't. I didn't contract it, right? So I, I, I'm just getting sick of talking about it. And let's try and see if we can meet up in person, you and me, sometime this this calendar year. Yeah, still. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Once I have the vaccination, which might be in 2025, <laughs> I think I'm I'm going to be on the next flight to the U.S. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, that happened to us at the very beginning. We were going to hang out, and then the coronavirus. We actually had plans to meet up in New York. No, we yeah, we basically met last May. Yeah, and then didn't. Yeah. All right, man. All right, man. Uh, Thanks for all the insights. We'll talk about something else next time. Yeah, that sounds Um, good. Yeah. Thanks so much. Have a great week. You too, man. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Stay sound, stay healthy, and hear you next time. Take care. Take care.